Hello, this is Pearls on Tuesday with a podcast entitled April National Poetry Month. This is Pearls on Tuesday where we aim to create and celebrate the beauty of ordinary moments in extraordinary ways. The success of Black History Month in February and Women's History Month in March led to the formation of National Poetry Month in April by the Academy of American Poets. The first ever National Poetry Month was celebrated in 1996. So what specifically is poetry? Poetry, a noun, is a literary work in which special intensity is given to the expression of feelings and ideas by the use of distinctive style and rhythm, poems collectively or as a genre of literature. Whether or not we are aware of it, poetry touches our lives on a daily basis, sometimes in the most common ways and places. If you're listening to music on the radio while riding in your car, you are listening to poetry set to music. The lyrics of songs presented in stanzas, often using rhyme with rhythm, is poetry. Country ballads sung by contemporary musicians, poetry. Your favorite hymns sung in church, poetry. How about your favorite TV commercials, those jingles you can't get out of your head? Another form of poetry. You stop in a drugstore to purchase a greeting card for your friend's birthday. Poetry. The nursery rhymes and playground songs we sing to our grandchildren. Poetry. And when you cover your heart and recite the Pledge of Allegiance prior to a baseball game, you've got it. Poetry. So those who feel that poetry is not their thing are not being totally truthful. We actually immerse ourselves in poetry every day. I became a fan while in college. I have always loved to write and was taking an upper-level course in poetry taught by a delightful man named Dr. Magnuson. He not only taught me about the form and structure of poetic verse, he taught me to love it by sharing his love of this genre of writing with our class. I recall one early morning while reading a love poem aloud, he actually broke out into a sweat and had to wipe his brow with a handkerchief. For me, poetry is almost always emotional, words chosen so precisely that they evoke and touch our deepest, strongest feelings. These carefully chosen words, artfully arranged, conjure up visions of past, present, and future. Poetry can be simple or complex, but the end result is the same. It touches the soul and allows us to travel to unexpected places and experience life in a new way and on a new level. For many, poetry is therapy. People experiencing immense grief often use poems to express their innermost feelings of sorrow and loss. For readers, 
Finding just the right poem can provide comfort and healing beyond anything else we have found. The love letter is probably the most common form of poetry, even if there are no rhymes. The words themselves are packed with emotion and longing. As a salute to National Poetry Month, I would like to share a few of my favorite poems from a variety of genres. I hope that you will take the time to write or read a few poems during April this year. You may be lucky enough to discover a new passion or a hidden talent. This is my best attempt at writing poetry and one that I am quite proud of. My grandmother, Nanny, was my person. She died at the age of 97 in 2018. I wrote the following poem, which was read at her celebration of life. And for me, it represents all that she stood for and a life very well lived. This poem is a tribute. Her life was a prayer. Her life was a prayer one long, searching prayer. It echoed not in solemn, majestic halls, but in homes and parks, trains, buses, and from behind a camera. Eyes cast not upward to clouds, but down on this earth, because that is where life was taking place. With eyes cast down, she spotted the leaf who needed a home, soon to be tucked in for a sleep of honor inside one book or another. With eyes cast down, she spotted the shell, perfect in its imperfections, showing signs of turbulence and waywardness along its worn edges, yet still shining like a diamond on the shore. With eyes cast down, she spotted the penny, finders keepers, heads up means luck. Either way, a good find for a child of the depression. She may jot down that a lucky penny was found today. All of these were prayers to a listening God who hears not only chants, songs, and Bible verses, but what God yearns to hear, spoken in action, not word, from the heart of this woman he or she created. Praise and honor be given to thee. Through the sheer amazement of observing a family of ducks or a bird in flight or the taste of good ice cream. Her life was a prayer, whether whispered or shouted or sung or danced. Her daily devotion, loving where she woke each day and what she saw and heard and smelled and tasted and touched along the course of an ordinary day. This, you see, brought heaven to earth, knowing full well that someday, when the time felt right, she would decide to soar with the eagles and fly away, proud, free, and brave. Her life was a prayer, the most sacred of texts, and all God's children say, Amen. 
One of my favorite poets is Irishman Seamus Haney. This is a love poem that he wrote to his wife in their early years of marriage after an argument of some kind. It is called Scaffolding. Masons, when they start upon a building, are careful to test out the scaffolding, make sure that planks won't slip at busy points, secure all ladders, tighten bolted joints. And yet, all this comes down when the job's done, showing off walls of sure and solid stone. So if, my dear, there sometimes seem to be old bridges breaking between you and me. Never fear. We may let the scaffolds fall, confident that we have built our wall. These are a couple of poems about discovery. First, a very short verse from Emily Dickinson. I am out with lanterns, looking for myself. And a poem entitled, I Worried, by Mary Oliver. I worried a lot. Will the garden grow? Will the rivers flow in the right direction? Will the earth turn as it was taught? And if not, how shall I correct it? Was I right? Was I wrong? Will I be forgiven? Can I do better? Will I ever be able to sing? Even the sparrows can do it, and I am, well, hopeless. Is my eyesight fading, or am I just imagining it? Am I going to get rheumatism, lockjaw, dementia? Finally, I saw that worrying had come to nothing and gave it up and took my old body and went out into the morning and sang. A poem about nature by William Wordsworth, entitled, I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high or vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host, of golden daffodils beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. 10,000 saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not be but gay in such a junked company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft, when I lay on my couch, in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. Poems about love. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Sonnet 18 by William Shakespeare. 
Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more temperate and lovely. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dimmed, and every fair from fair sometime declines, by chance or nature's changing course, untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possession of that fair thou oust, nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade when in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives light to thee. Poems about family. A Snowflake Falls by Ruth Adams. One night I saw a snowflake fall, past memories it did recall. And as the snow fell to the ground so quietly without a sound, I watched until a blanket made to glistening white, brown earth did fade an untouched cover until the dawn. The sun arose, it was soon gone. I thought of friendships in the past, seemed perfect though they did not last, and family ties once meant so much, now rarely do we keep in touch. So quickly life can take a turn, yet slowly we do seem to learn. So many things in life can change and suddenly be rearranged. In our slumber while we do sleep, for granted blessings thought to keep. For same as night does turn to morn, an untouched blanket can get torn. The things that we have overlooked, ignored, rejected, or mistook, as melted snow does turn to slush, relationships can turn to dust. So this year for the holiday, praise God for blessings given today. Don't take for granted they'll remain, that life forever will be the same. Let's be the most that we can be for all our friends and family. Unlike the snowflake on the ground, let's keep in touch and stay around. A poem about hope, The Hill We Climb by Amanda Gorman, read at President Biden's inauguration. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade, the loss we carry, a sea we must wade, We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace, and the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished. 
we, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother, can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge a union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first, we must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true that even as we grieved, we grew, that even as we hurt, we hoped, that even as we tired, we tried, that we'll forever be tied together, victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promise to Glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it, because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith, we trust. For while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption we feared at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it, we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us. We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold, fierce and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with. Every breath from my bronze-pounded chest, we will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-lined hills of the West 
We will rise from the windswept northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover in every known nook of our nation and every corner called our country. Our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. And a poem about life by Wendell Berry, The Peace of Wild Things. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in its beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world, and I am free. Take good care of you and yours. <laughs>